Welcome to Psychs in the City, the modern day mental health podcast brought to you by Dr. Ditzel Psychiatry. Each week, New York's top psychiatrist, Dr. Jeff Ditzel, is going to bring you an interesting mental health topic to continue the conversation and help end the stigma surrounding mental health. No topic is off limits when it comes to Dr. D Psychiatry. And with that, here's your host, Dr. Jeff Ditzel. Okay, so welcome to another episode of Psychs in the City. This week, I wanna talk to you about ADHD. It's a topic that I don't really know too much about, but I find it kind of fascinating and I really think that it's something that people could learn a lot from. So, I mean, really the only time you hear it is if, you know, a kid's behaving bad or an adult is acting a certain way. So, can you just give us a mini breakdown and let us know, is ADHD even a real thing? Um, yeah, ADHD, it's a real thing. So, I, you know, when I was earlier in my training, I thought, oh, that's just like pop out, blah, 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 you know, not a real thing. It's just people not focusing and or paying attention. Turns out, wrong, completely <laughs> wrong. It's a real thing that, you know, I could see you talk about in like slang and, you know, you're, you're kind of commenting in a a derogatory way to someone or, or joking with them you could say oh you're so ADHD and you know I could see where it comes across as you're just kind of an airhead or something but it's a real condition and it's devastating to people who actually have this condition it is really horrible because you know like most things they have to do with mental illness or uh, mental health you yeah. can't see it and so if it's not physical and tangible it's harder to get your head around when someone is having difficulties with this but to be fair, when someone has true attention deficit disorder, it is and can be horribly incapacitating. But, you know, for all intents and purposes, unless you look closely, you might think that the person's just intentionally not paying attention or, you know, they're just, they're lazy. They don't want to, you know, put forth effort and try to succeed. It's not the case, though. If you can focus on anything, I'm a firm believer in this, you can focus long enough, there's nothing that you can't achieve that anyone yeah. else in the world has achieved. It's just that our attention is often hijacked from us, you know, pretty much all the time. There's social media, there's what we're doing now, someone's listening to this and probably their attention. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's things that are vying for our attention all the time, you know, ads, media, and things like that. People are trying to take our attention. However, we do a pretty good job of giving it away most of the time. And that's the normal condition, right? Now, if you add to that a force multiplier, that steals your attention, you know, pretty much uh, all the time. It becomes very difficult. You can imagine to do the things that you need to do each day to not only function, but just, you know, kind of be in the game as far as being able to converse people and relationships. So in ADHD, there's two lanes of symptoms I like to think of. One is the obvious inattention ones, okay, and that's you know, making careless mistakes, being disorganized, um, needing more time to get things done, leaving tasks unfinished, having to multitask to keep things novel and therefore interesting so the brain can, you know, stay on target. Yeah. The other lane of symptoms is combined. It's hyperactive slash impulsive symptoms. So the hyperactive okay. symptoms would be uh, fidgetiness, uh, needing to get up and pace, feeling as if driven by a motor, 
you know, that's the classic sort of like question you ask. Do you feel as if you're always on the go, as if driven by her? You always got to be doing some inner feeling of restlessness. And then the impulsive symptoms most people don't think of and are really surprised when, you, you know, we, we, when I do an evaluation with someone, we start talking about impulsivity and they're like, oh my God, I never realized that how I relate in the world is actually a symptom. And it feels, you know, very comforting to realize like, oh, that's, that's not your fault. Can something cause ADHD? It's hereditary. It doesn't necessarily need to be, you know, you, it won't necessarily mean that you'll be able to find a degree or a second degree biological relative who has the condition because, you know, the, the diagnose, the ability to diagnose has improved over the years as has the acceptance of it, you know, so mm -hmm. even though there may well be attached to it, it's much less nowadays and it's, you know, for a lot of the people that um, come to me for evaluation or treatment, and we, we, we actually, uh, I would say, have a full 40% of my practice is, you know, with people with ADHD and other conditions. So it's a very prevalent condition, but also there's a general acceptance of the condition now. Like, it's like, oh, okay, I have problems with attention, and it's a thing that and people will often seek treatment and not feel burdened by the stigma that maybe was there previous years or generations, I'm happy to say. As with other mental health conditions like anxiety and depression, you know, there's other tools and medications that can help you. And I mean, I don't want to use the word cure, but with ADHD, is there a cure? With the things in mental health, you know, the things in psychiatry that we treat, there's no cure for any of these things that are chronic conditions like diabetes that you manage, you can have more or less successful management. I often tell people there's two bags that you pull from. One is the bag of medication, right? Medications can ameliorate, I can never get this word right, I don't know why I try to use it. That's 20 years of college for you. Failing. <laughs> ameliorate. Ooh, got it. Ameliorate. You can lessen. It can lessen the intensity of the symptoms so that can do you can pull from the other bag and the other bag i think is profoundly more interesting in my mind and that's wrangling your mind learning how to manage yeah. your thoughts so the idea is if you can decrease any of these symptoms in mental health to a level of intensity that isn't so bad that you can actually begin to manage your thoughts then you can begin the the process of learning how to come up with a uh, strategy to how how to better manage your anxiety, your depression, ADHD, whatever. But that takes a little bit longer. That's something that gives you a functional gain and you have to practice. So when most people come into the practice, they're looking for me to just put the fire out. They're like, some badness just usually, <laughs> and I need somebody to alleviate the suffering that's going on. Because that's how people generally come into the, the suffering outweighs the fear and they seek treatment, right? Um, usually some blow up has happened, something at work, something in a relationship. And so they seek treatment and that's where we begin. Having said that, when people come in for ADHD type of scenarios, I think they're pleasantly surprised because the medications often work very, very well. They work very, very quickly, unlike uh, some of the psychotropic medications like antidepressants for depression or anxiety, the SSRIs, those take often weeks to months to work, but stimulants properly applied can work immediately. And 
then you start to work together to develop a system of sort of how you approach things so that you can best stay on track and know yeah. the things you want. So you get uh, a lot of improved capacity very, very quickly in most cases. I seriously love being able to have these conversations. Not only do I feel like I'm learning a lot, but I feel like a lot of our listeners are learning something too. But with somebody that's struggling with ADHD, if they are experiencing these symptoms, what would your advice be to them? Well, first of all, you know, so we didn't really get to what the impulsive symptoms are. And first of all, understanding what the condition is, vitally important. So obviously go talk to a mental health professional, get an evaluation, all, all things that do not concentrate or not ADHD. Matter of fact, if you did a, what are those things called Venn diagrams? So that common thatched area, concentration for many conditions, general anxiety disorder, major depressive disorder, of course ADHD, OCD, panic attacks, panic disorder, PTSD. I mean, each one of those conditions, you're not gonna be able to pay attention at times. So you wanna get proper evaluation diagnosis and have the human being doing that with you actually explain what's going on. Like, I think it's this because of this concentration of symptoms. Some of the symptoms are a little more subtle and you might think, oh, that's just how I am. You know, I have issues with, for instance, impulsivity. These are not as obvious. Inattention's obvious for ADHD, right? It's in the name, but you don't hear anything about impulsivity in there. Even hear about hyperactivity, but you still don't hear about impulsivity in the name. But constellation of symptoms, the impulsive symptoms can be horribly problematic. And people are often believed to find that those are in fact symptoms and they can be treated. So one would be interrupting people, even when you know that they're engaged and busy. So not yeah. just I interrupted, but <laughs> if people were engaged and constantly just came in and barged in the conversation, and you couldn't yeah. help yourself or, or you could, but with a lot of effort, that's a symptom of ADHD if you have the other symptoms as well. Also, um, finishing other people's sentences. A lot of times you'll you'll find that people with ADHD and have having the impulsive symptoms, they have trouble waiting in lines. They're able to do it. I mean, we, we all learn behavioral hacks to make lives manageable. So in adults, as opposed to children, they're a little bit more nuanced at what whatever strategies they use to not interrupt or not finish other people's sentences or be able to wait in line so you can do it but it's just with effort or more effort than it should be necessary which is the whole thing with ADHD people with ADHD can concentrate they just can't do it to the extent duration or in a timely fashion that people without ADHD brains can do it so you can concentrate they can be wildly intelligent and a lot of times are and a lot of times they won't get treatment because they are wildly intelligent meaning they can just muscle through most of their life, most of their education, which maybe is commentary on our education, right? <laughs> really not till college that you, all of a sudden you have deadlines and an amount of work that, you know, is more than you can overcome just by putting more time or more energy into it, right? Yeah. Now, if not college or the next stop uh, where people might decide to go get treatment is when they get their first job. And now, you know, they're wanting to do well and, you know, kind of prove themselves. And of course, employers are going to be like, well, here's more work than you could ever possibly, especially if you show that you are a worker, right? They're going to give you an amount of work that you couldn't possibly do, and they'll keep doing that. And so what'll happen is the person will 
put more and more time, more and more effort, and realize, well, wait a sec, everyone else is somehow able to manage this. It seems a little easier. It's a lot of work, but they're able to do it in less time or with you know less effort. And what'll happen with these people is they'll start dipping into the honey jar of their personal time in order to make up, you know, give themselves more time to accomplish things. One of the things for ADHD is ignoring an amount of time or effort to complete things, often waiting to the last minute or procrastinating till the 11th hour and then trying to put everything together. The reason for that is that's a symptom. Like procrastination isn't laziness. Procrastination is the normal um, prohibitions to leaving things to the last second aren't there for people with an ADHD mind. They don't have the idea in their head of like, well, if I do a little bit now and I start this project three months early, by the time it comes due, I'm not gonna be in that position where I'm anxious and trying to throw everything together. It's actually only until it's 11th hour that the frontal lobes are kind of activated and say, whoa, if I don't target lock on this and get this done, uh, some impending doom is about to happen. <laughs> like I'll get fired or you know whatever. And now they can pay attention. So they can only pay attention, when you know, and really focus on it, case. like <laughs> at that last, exactly, where someone without ADHD could go, yeah, I remember the last time that happened. I don't want to do that to myself. Let me start two or three weeks early. So the person can often get it done, but it's, you know, with ADHD in that 11th hour, but the problem there is it might take more than an hour, but more time than is allotted when the brain's finally on. That's why a lot of people with ADHD do pull all-nighters and they you know, wait till last second, throw everything together. It's because it's not, the, the task or the situation isn't novel enough to allow them to focus on it until that, you know, that last hour and then it might not be enough. And so often tasks won't be completed, you know, you, you fail at certain things and you know if that happens enough you start to feel bad about yourself and you might doubt yourself now if you compound that over years it could be that you never really get to a place where you might have had this been addressed you know even the impulsive symptoms um, you can imagine if you're in a relationship and you're constantly you know finishing the other person's sentence or interrupting or just bulldozing them completely, right? Just like talking, talking, and just talking over them. Your relationship is gonna be in jeopardy pretty quick. A lot of times, people with ADHD, if they're in relationships, those relationships are suffering, and sometimes they're, you know, almost done by the time the person comes into treatment. Usually, a spouse is like, "Look, you need to. Something's not right yeah, here. You want to stay together. You need to." Go. And and you know, interestingly enough. And thankfully, um, if you treat these conditions, those impulsive symptoms, strangely enough, can go away. I've had a, uh, a client who came at the behest of his, his girlfriend, this, this fella came in years ago and had been wildly successful despite having, you know, horrible ADHD. And turns out that his relationship was just about to be over. His girlfriend slash fiance at the time was beside herself. And I understood why when I had him in session together, he couldn't help himself. He would talk over her and she would start to begin. And he would just go on and on and on. And she would try to interject and denied. And so she had it, she was done. 
And so we began treatment and he got on a medication. If I recall in this case, it was just a low dose of uh, Vyvanse, which here is a brand name for a long acting stimulant and a couple, one or two other meds, I think, in the course of things. But rather quickly, he had symptom remission. They ended up getting married, happy ending there. And as successful as he was, his output and his level of success went through, you know, the, the sky. Um, he was able finally to take that Ferrari engine of a mind and instead of burning inefficiently and giving off tons of heat for all the effort, he was able to focus all that energy into performance and he just went through the stratosphere. I don't know what he's doing today, but whatever he's doing, I'm sure he's wildly successful as he was back then. But you see, this is such a perfect example of taking that first step. We can reach out and have a conversation to understand why we're behaving a certain way. I also think that this is a perfect way to wrap up the episode. You know, from where he was struggling with this relationship, but now he's got the help that he needs, obviously with the help of the amazing Dr. Jeff. But, you know, now he's married, able to be more focused, successful, and it's all because he took that first step of, you know, reaching out to be able to understand why we are behaving a certain way. Listen, <laughs> I don't do anything magical. It's it, the way I approach things, it's a collaboration. It's a partner and I can't do it without the other person. I'm, otherwise I'm just sitting in the dark talking to myself, which never goes over well. In that way, people really get good results because, you know, it's, it's truly, you know, we're going to go up this hill together and I'm going to give you as much technique and help you know, sometimes a shoulder lean on as we go up, but we're going to get to the top of that. And from that vantage point, you decide how much higher you want to climb. But, you know, the cool thing about treatment, um, as I understand it nowadays, it can be used very proactively, not just to reduce symptoms, you know, treatment can reduce symptoms. And that's a more obvious reason why you would go to therapy or treatment. But, you know, less obvious, but I think equally important aspect of this is that you could use it much more proactively to actually improve performance. So once you get the symptoms to a place where they're manageable and you get a little bit of success in your mindset and how you strategize, um, use technique to improve your performance, then it just becomes, well, how much more performance do you want, which is a fun place to be. That's where I spend most of the time with my patients nowadays, my clients. It's about performance, less so about put out the fires. Now we put out the fires, don't get me wrong. And you get one thing before you do the other, but um, often we get it done fairly quickly. And then we start working at, well, what are the goodies that you want in life? What's the quality of life that you want? Do you want to decompartmentalize things and have a more synergistic outflow? Um, do you want to put things together in your life that boost your overall quality of life and your performance, your relationships, your friendships? your professional aspirations and people do really well and it's fun it's fun because you get to be part of a good thing thanks for listening to psychs in the city the podcast that's all about ending the stigma surrounding mental health don't forget to hit that subscribe button share with your friends and follow us on social for more exclusive content we'll see you next week <laughs>